Welcome to another episode of the Global Storytime Podcast, where every two weeks I bring you a folktale from a different country or culture so that we can get to know that place better. I'm your host and storyteller, Diane Strand. This week, we're going to New Zealand. This last Thursday, April 22nd, was Earth Day, and so to help celebrate the holiday, I wanted to bring you a creationist story, or a story about how our lovely Earth and everything on it was created. This story is called A Costume for Rongi, and it also explains how the stars in the Milky Way, or at least the hazy star clustery part of the Milky Way that we can see at night, was created. I found this story in a book called The Celestial River, Creation Tales of the Milky Way by Andrea Sten Stryer. The originators of this story are the Maori, who are the indigenous folks of New Zealand. The Maori, spelled M-A-O-R-I, are Polynesian people who became the first people to live on the islands of New Zealand in the 12 to 1300s. The Polynesians are thought to have originated in Taiwan and the northern Philippines, and starting in 1200 BC, they explored the Pacific Ocean using outrigger canoes. Over the next 2500 years, they settled in many Pacific islands, like Samoa, Hawaii, and Easter Island. New Zealand was the last group of islands that they settled in. Of course, I will get more into the history of New Zealand and Maori culture, In episode 16b, let's learn about New Zealand. The only other thing I want to explain before we get into the story is what kumara and taro plants are, as they will be mentioned. Kumara is a type of sweet potato found in New Zealand that can be red, golden, or orange. Taro, on the other hand, is another starchy tuber grown underground. It has hairy brown or purple skin, and on the inside, it's white flecked with purple. You may also know it by the name Coco Yam. Okay, that's it. Let's settle in for a Maori tale about how the earth and the night sky was made. Find a comfortable spot, grab a cup of tea or a stuffy or a blanket, and get ready for our journey. Are you ready? Let's go. A costume for Rangi. In the distant void, Io, the great causer of light and dark, of land and waters, of motion and space, dwelt alone. For a long while, it was so. Then, from himself, Io created two beings, Rangi and Papa. Through the vastness of time, Rangi and Papa clung tightly to one another. In the darkness between them, eleven children were born. 
These children were destined by Io to become great gods. From the time they were small, Io told each child what was preordained for them, so each knew what tasks they would have to perform to bring the world into being. Dark eons passed. The growing children lived in the nooks and crannies between their parents, but they became more and more restless, more and more distressed that they were trapped in narrow spaces without light. The young gods assembled in a dark pit and conferred. One after another, they spoke. Papa and Rangi are good parents. They love us and protect us. But we are no longer babies who must cling to them. We cannot carry out the tasks that Io has assigned to us. We cannot call other beings into existence without light. We cannot create the world. There is only one way to gain our freedom, to fulfill our destiny. To Matwanga, the fiercest brother snarled. We must slay our mother and father. Once they are gone, we will have light. No, answered Tane Mohuta, his more sensible brother. It would be much better to simply separate them. Let Rangi be far above us. Let Papa be at our feet, as our earth. True, we shall no longer be as close to Rangi, for he will be beyond our reach. But Papa will always be a caring mother to us. Agreed, said Rongo, the god of the cultivated food. He put his hoe down next to the stunted kamara and taro plants. He pressed and struggled against both parents, but his efforts failed. Tangaloa, the god of fish and reptiles, emerged from a small stream. Let me try, he said. He butted his head against Rongi and Papa, but they stayed just where they had been for the long years. Then Rongi snapped. Enough! Your jostling hurts! Stop at this instance! But the young gods kept pushing. They could not fulfill their destinies if they stayed trapped in the dark, narrow spaces. So, Hamiya Tikitiki, the god of naturally growing food, parted the withered wild berries and stepped over the yellowing ferns to try her hand at letting in the light. She, too, made absolutely no headway. After that, Tumatwanga, the god of fierce human beings, teeth bared, fists clenched, pummeled and kicked his parents. But he was as unsuccessful as his sisters and brothers. All of his efforts brought only Rongi's angry rumbling. At last, Tane Mohuta, god of forests, birds, and insects, began to shove with his hands and arms. That did nothing. Then, he stood with his head on his mother, Papa, and his feet against his father, Rongi, and strained and pressed, heaving his back and pushing with all his might. Because Io had made Tane Mahuta the promoter of all life, he created him much stronger than his brothers and sisters. Drawing upon that extra power, Tane thrust once more with all of his strength. Miraculously, Rongi and Papa were parted, one from the other. They groaned and cried out, why do you need us apart? Tane answered. Io always told us we were born to do very special jobs, but we cannot, for there has only been darkness. All creatures, birds and insects, fish and reptiles, human beings, must have light and space to live and grow and to have young. That is why we must part you. Only when you are parted and light enters can the world come into being. 
Tane did not stop there. He kept pushing. Straining, he pressed them farther and farther apart, separating them forever and creating Mother Earth and Father Sky. Suddenly, the light that Io had caused to shine so long ago broke through the nooks and crannies that trapped the siblings. The young gods spread their arms, glorying in the wash of brightness. As they breathed the air of freedom, they envisioned their new world. They saw the beauty to come. Streams teeming with fish, lush fields of green, forests with succulent roots and berries, animals making snug homes. With this vision, they each began their tasks. Tane planted trees to make homes for the birds and insects, his children. Then humans came to Tane's garden and dwelt there. Tane was delighted with the way the plants and the animals lived on Mother Earth. Indeed, her rolling hills were covered with rich green forests. Her dipping valleys were bright with burgeoning flowers. Colorful birds darted here and there, filling the air with song. In the morning light, the moist earth glistened. Tane realized that these sparkling drops of dew were actually Father Sky's falling tears, his continuing sorrow at being parted from Mother Earth. Tane looked again at beautiful Mother Earth. Then he lifted his eyes up and saw how cold and gray and sad Father Sky was. Tane took pity upon him. It was time to give him beauty too, a special kind of splendor. Taking the sun, Tane placed it behind Rangi so that it would move across the heavens during the day. The bright sunshine illuminated the sky and gave it a perfect brilliance. When night fell, he put the moon in front of Rangi. That is good, thought Tane, but not quite good enough. Tane said to his father, When it is day, father, you're a lovely sight to behold. At night, though, until the moon comes out, all is dark and sad. You need something more. I will seek the costume that you deserve. Tane searched each corner of the sky to find attire befitting Rangi. A glowing red cape caught his eye. With a sweep of his arms, he spread the cape in all directions. He stepped back to look at it, but shook his head. Lovely as it was, it was not quite worthy of his father. He flung the cape aside, leaving just a strip of glowing red at the horizon, which we can see at the time of the setting sun. Tane went from one end of the earth to the other, searching for the perfect costume. At last he knew what would be exactly right. He made a huge dark robe, which he compressed into a small bundle and laid at the edge of the horizon. Then he traveled to Moanganui, the great mountain where his brother Laomoko the god of earthquakes and volcanoes lived. Laomoko had many, many children, the shining ones, who came forth from volcanoes as fiery nuggets. Tane told Laomoko of his plan. He would fasten some of the shining ones onto the dark cloak for Father Sky. The volcano god immediately went to the hot bed of lava and gathered many of his children. He and Tane cast these glowing oval nuggets into a long and narrow basket. Taking the basket of precious lights, Tane departed for the far horizon to gather the robe. Then he sped to Rangi. Tane unwrapped the costume and cast the soft cloak of darkness over his father. He reached into the basket and placed some of the shining ones here and there on the robe. Right in the middle, he stretched the sparkling basket. Tane carefully attached the basket to the robe so that the mass of twinkling lights would curve completely across Father Sky. 
Tani stepped back to get a good look at the robe. He saw that Rangi's full splendor was revealed. All was as it should be. Now, when the sun goes down to rest, Rangi shakes out his robe until the heavens are filled with his beauty and the lights of the shining ones. And at the center of his radiant robe, the long, star-filled basket reaches from one end of the robe to the other, giving it that soft sweep of light that is the Milky Way. The end. Welcome back! I hope you enjoyed hearing about Tani Mahuta's, or Tani for short, determination to fulfill his destiny, to bring life to Earth, and to honor his parents with beautiful costumes. I tried my best with the pronunciation of Maori names, and in my quest to do so, I found an online Maori to English dictionary. It's maoridictionary.co.nz, and it is such a beautifully designed and easy-to-use resource that I wanted to give it a shout-out. That is it for this episode. If you want to learn more about New Zealand, its history, Maori culture, and more, make sure you listen to this week's informational episode. It's episode 16B, Let's Learn About New Zealand. You can also follow the pod on Facebook or Instagram at Global Storytime Podcast, where I post maps, cool photos, and book recommendations for each country or culture that I feature. You can always email me at globalstorytimepodcast at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate or review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. I've been your host and storyteller, Diane Strand. Next episode, we're going to some country in Africa. I haven't quite picked out the story yet, but I promise it'll be good. Until then, bye! Kukwete awa itakuremu 